When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having a terrible week. Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite avatar, The Last Airbender Rewatch Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Mohammed, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Redmond. Jacob, how you doing on this fine evening? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, we haven't had enough weather talk on this podcast, Zach, but <laughs> the heat wave in Chicago has ended uh, I'm finally getting to enjoy uh, like summer. Uh, it's been it's been fantastic. So you know, I've been I've been doing great. Zach, how are you? Good. You know, it's a funny coincidence. The heat wave here in Vancouver just ended as well. We were at like 35 degrees Celsius, close and nearing on that hundred degrees Fahrenheit once again. But now it's cooled off. Yeah, nice breezy day, so I can't complain. I mean, it's just like, I, I know, like, uh, you know, this was a joke for a bit. We talked about the weather, but like the weather really can just like change my mood. Uh, you know, I feel like May in this episode, who's just like in a strangely good mood uh, lately, <laughs> like things are just looking up like life is good, Zach. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. I had like a good productive day today, actually applying okay. for jobs and stuff and whatnot. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. Things are looking up for both of us. So. Uh, we, we do love productivity. I would say I have not had a productive day or productive week. Um, but that's been part of the fun. Uh, you know, you can't be productive all the time, I guess. Yeah. Why not take some chill days? Who cares? Exactly. Uh, Zach, this is not just any podcast. This is a one year anniversary podcast. Uh, Felipe pointed this out to me that, uh, this will come, this episode will come out one year to the date uh, when season one, episode one dropped. What a momentous occasion and what a coincidence that it's the season three premiere is the anniversary of the season one premiere we did. That's crazy. I, I agree. It is like pretty wild uh, that it lined up that way. Uh, no one would have expected that. But hey, here we are one year later. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting stuff. Uh, we did actually record that episode like two months before. Yes, we um, did. We did it a while before. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, so technically, like, technically, we've been podcasting with each other for more than a year, and, and the, this has been in the works for more than a year as well. But yes. I know what you mean. Yes, we we will fudge the numbers a bit uh, so that we can, you know, make it even more special that it's coming out <laughs> to the date um, on that day. Uh, yeah. Anyway, should we get uh, into so, Felipe's question that he asked? Yeah. Us? Yes, we should. So Felipe uh, pointed this out. Uh, honestly, producer Felipe at this point uh, True, told us about this. Um, and he said, uh, with that in mind, uh, here's a wholesome question. What is something you've taken from each other, both as a podcaster and a person in the last year? See, I'll, I'll, I'll take this on. I, I, what I love about you, Jacob, it's your positive energy that you just seem to attack everything with. You just come in with this like lighthearted, exuberant, positive energy. And me, sometimes I'm like a darker, more moody individual, but I feel like you bring out that super positive side in me. And I feel like that's a great quality you have as a person and as a podcaster. So 
That that is that is so kind. Uh, I really do appreciate that. I feel like uh, you know talking with you the past year, uh, like going over the Avatar universe, has just been a great way to like channel that positivity into something so fun. Uh, and I'm so glad that other people uh, are along the way. But just talking with you every week about the show has just been has been great. Uh, Zach, the thing that I have learned from you is it's it's the same thing that I love about Akiva. Uh, <laughs> All right. The fact that you will roll with it. Uh, I will come in. I will say some random things and you're just here for it. You're ready to go. You're like great at matching the energy. You're great at like, oh yeah, who is the best jumper uh, in Avatar? Who would be great on the basketball team? Like the the banter that we have is fantastic. Uh, so that is what uh, that's what I think I've taken away from this year. Oh, what a wholesome way to start the episode, honestly. Right? I mean, <laughs> compliments to start a podcast. Like, there's no way to get uh, happier. However, we're talking about an episode of Avatar that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's this is like a dark, episode. depressing episode, honestly. Right? <laughs> it's not happy. Aang is going through a lot. Zuko's going through a lot. We'll get into all of it. Season three, episode one, The Awakening, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, should we restart the podcast and be sad this time uh, to <laughs> set the mood for the podcast? Having a terrible week like <laughs> Aang and Zuko did. Exactly. Well, Aang in there. We are back. No, I'm not. I'm just You're playing. Just- you're just gonna be like the whole time, just like, all right, yeah. So this happened. Uh, <laughs> it was sad. Like, Channeling yeah. our inner Maze. Oh my gosh, I, I love May. May is yeah. I, I people like May uh, are just the best. I, I feel like uh, yeah, people like May when they are nice to you, you know that they really like you because That's they hate true. everything else. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, people like me. You're right. They, if they like you, they really like you. You know it for real. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is like one thing that uh, in college uh, we would always try to do is have a sieve so that we'd like quickly get to know if like someone was worth spending time with. So we'd all have like different things that we would like mention either on like first dates or when you're getting to like know someone so that you could like know if like you would vibe long term. I feel like uh, having someone like May is like a, the perfect sieve because like you can tell immediately if she like cares at all, because uh, she doesn't like you, she would just let you know. Damn, I gotta have uh, some. I gotta do some sieves like that in my life. Need me some it, maze. It's uh, it's it's effective. Uh, you know, mine uh, was mentioning reality TV. That one, that one helps. Uh, you know, you mention reality TV, and if they're like, "Oh, you watch Survivor," it's like, "Yeah, this is this is like no point." Every time I mention Survivor, it's gone poorly. Either they're like they have no <laughs> idea what Survivor is, or they're like, "Oh, you still watch Survivor?" Or I have two friends who aren't going to listen to this. They're like, "You know, Survivor scripted, right?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm like, I'm like, what?" And they were like, what? they were, they would not take no for an answer. I was like trying to explain to them how Survivor is not scripted. They just did refuse to listen. So yeah, every time I bring up reality TV, it goes poorly. So that's, that's not my go-to sieve to say the least. I, but, but it should be because, or I guess maybe like reality TV, you know, you're not like obsessing over it as much as I am. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, yeah. Uh, if like it is important, like, you know, you should, you should just like learn it, uh, early on that it's not going to work out. And you're like, great. We don't have common interest. Uh, and there you go. It- it's very effective. I would say this is a great way to get to know quickly whether someone is worth investing in. All right. Well, this is a great icebreaker activity to do. I'm sure the listeners are going to use everyone listening is going to be using this, these sieves. 
Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is what you come to Eng in there for is uh, relationship <laughs> advice from me who has no business giving relationship <laughs> advice whatsoever. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure somebody out there will appreciate it. I'm sure. All right. This episode starts off like pretty intensely. Like we start with Aang, like waking up, immediately seeing his on a Fire Nation ship. And like pretty quickly, we're able to piece together the puzzles. But I did think the start was very, very strong. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how, of course it's strong because we got the return of Pipsqueak. Because <laughs> what do we have? What do we ends up happening? Ang wakes up and we hear a familiar voice chasing him down. And then we see Ang walk out onto the ship's deck and be greeted by everyone in Fire Nation garb, including Pipsqueak and the Duke. Yes. Uh, and Ang over here shoots like an air blast uh, to like try to knock these Fire Nation people down. He must have been so weak because like I get that he's not going to like knock over Pipsqueak, but he just even knock over the duke like come on now true i mean it's a weak blast you're right i mean he must have been so exhausted and tired he's i mean to be fair he's been unconscious for weeks on end so i understand i i feel like even (laughs) never mind i was about to say i could knock him over uh i was unconscious but like that's just such a a weird take that no one needed to know that's i I, I don't think that's true i don't think me or you are knocking a down pip squeak you see that man's built like a brick shithouse part of my language (laughs) a what is that an expression yeah i think so or like something like that (laughs) let me see let me look this up Okay. I mean, I believe you. I, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. shit brick house. That's the term. I think I mixed it up. <laughs> okay. That, that makes a lot more sense. It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> and I just cussed for no reason. I was trying to make like a little <laughs> funny pun. To, I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, I'll cuss at this moment because it'll make for a pun. And it didn't even work. Mm-hmm. So we'll just skip on ahead. No, no, that, that was good. Uh, you know, so far we were influencers, Zach. So, so far people will use civs and they're going to say, uh, a brick shit house? Shit brick gross. house. Yeah. No, I don't no, know. They're going to say it the wrong way. We're influencers, <laughs> Zach. Uh, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. What a start to this podcast. My goodness. I mean, I'm having a great time, but man, we are. We, are. we started off so wholesome. Now we're barely talking about the episode. Maybe we should start over. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll keep, we'll keep going. I mean, we'll cut out the one part, but we'll keep going. Oh, okay. Well, so we, I'm gonna we, get I'm gonna get many people messaging me. What's the part you cut out? Oh yeah, um, definitely. We'll get the messages. I mean, you don't have to respond to those messages. I'm not responding to them. I'm just leaving, <laughs> leaving people uh, on red for sure. Oh my gosh! All right, so we see that they're on this Fire Nation ship. Great. Mm-hmm. Aang looks confused until he sees Momo, um, and like I feel like he should have been able to see everyone else, like. Momo and and like in the shot that we see, like he sees Momo first, but I feel like that should not be like the first thing that gives it away. Like Katara's like right there. Like, is that not enough for him? Yeah, I think to Aang in, in defense of Aang, he had just woken up from like a week long nap. He's a little groggy. He's a little fuzzy. All he's seeing is just like Fire Nation uniform until he sees Momo not wearing a Fire Nation uniform, like licking his face. Then he comes to the realization that, oh, okay, these people are not Fire Nation. So I kind of get that Momo is the first thing. I'm surprised you didn't see Appa somewhere lying around, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not too surprised Momo is what brought him back to reality. Okay. That, that's fair. Uh, and then the other thing that I liked was that Sokka's in like the full Fire Nation uniform, <laughs> like with the face thing. Yeah. I think that they missed a good joke though. I think they should have. What was the put- joke they missed? They should have put Toph in one of those and they should have had like uh, either it on backwards or something to where she couldn't see. 
and like someone correct her and she's like, what are you talking about? I can't see or like something like that. I don't know the exact joke, but there's some comedy there. That would have been pretty good. And it would have brought some comedy to an otherwise like heavy episode. So it would have been nice to have a lighthearted moment in the beginning right before they see? set everything up. So you're right. I, I think yeah. that would have been great writing. All right. Well, uh, you know, they should have let me write it as a <laughs> got to hit up Aaron Ehas, the head writer of Avatar and say, you've done a fantastic job. I'm not going like, <laughs> to criticize. No, criticize or be like, t- <laughs> this episode needed more comedy. Here's how it could have been fixed. Let's send him a scathing email right now. Okay. Uh, link him to the podcast. He gets like two <laughs> minutes in. He's like, they're not even talking about Avatar. What are we doing here? <laughs> oh, true. Oh, man. Oh. Um, yeah. So, okay. We see like they're all in this Fire Nation ship. I thought that this was like a nice way to start the episode. Uh, then we see, uh, we cut to Zuko. Zuko is staring off into the distance and when we get Aang, like, I, I kind of realized, you know, okay, he's not going to be in the greatest mood. But when Zuko is in, like, a really crummy mood, I was like, all right, this is angsty boy season. Like, we are going full angst this episode. Yeah, and this episode will bring us the angst in droves between Aang, like, running away, Zuko, and, like, confronting Azula, and, like, Zuko can talk to his father for the first time. Yeah, a lot of teen angst this episode, for sure. Yeah. Which I don't love in young adult fiction, to be honest, but I get it. It's, like, part of being a teen, so it makes sense within the episode, but it's just not my favorite thing to watch sometimes. Oh, I mean, this is exactly how I felt as a teen, though. Like, even <laughs> my life was, like, like the stakes were so low. Like these people are trying to save the universe. I was over here, like, I don't know, getting kicked out of science class. And like, uh, the whole time I was like feeling angsty about it. Damn. What'd you get kicked out of science class for? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, I just, I tried to, like, I actively tried to get kicked out. Wow. Uh, Look at edgy old Jacob over here. (laughs) I mean, I think, I think I've actually mentioned this to you before. I had a competition with one of my friends to see if I could, like, if I could get kicked out fastest. Uh, and like one time I walked in, I was like, I'm late. And then, uh, the teacher was like, you're out of the class. And I was like, two seconds, new record. (laughs) Nice. Man, I got kicked out of class and I wasn't setting any records. So that sucks. I mean, you could have been, uh, all you have to do is change your mindset. Uh, you, you think you're getting kicked out of class. You're actually breaking world records. Motivational speaker Jacob over here. All right. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, okay. Done. Should we get into uh, Zuko and May's touching moment? Yes, we should. Um, I did like, so May like comes and tries to comfort him. uh, But even when like she's comforting him, she's still very sassy. And I absolutely (laughs) love that. Like I love the, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of sassy. Love it. Yeah. She pairs well with Zuko. Who's usually depressed and moody. And she's able to like, in a (laughs) weird way, bring him up. Yes, uh, they definitely, the, the two of them together are, are like, uh, you know, they're a good pair. They're a good pair. Yeah, what, they match. Um, I'm trying to see what she said here. Yeah, she said, like, oh, I just asked if you're cold, not your whole life story. That was like, uh, yes. That was one of the funnier lines in the whole episode, to be honest. I gave me a hearty chuckle there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, especially because especially Zuko, like, he ha- he has a tendency to go into monologues. He has a tendency to like talk about uh, his feelings like in long uh, paragraphs. But then, like for the fact that May just like immediately responds um, by shutting him down was was great. <laughs> nah, facts. This was a great little touching scene between the two of them. Uh, speaking of touching, 
that kiss was dramatic. <laughs> it was passionate. It was it was passionate. Uh, yeah, I I yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> Had you in your feelings. <laughs> I mean, you have a girl like May coming up here giving Zuko sass and then giving him a kiss. Like, what more can you ask for? True, very romantic start to the very episode. romantic. Um, so then we go back uh, to Team Avatar Fire Nation ship. Uh, and Aang is like confused. He's, you know, like not really, uh, getting why he's there. Uh, he asks like a bunch of questions here. Uh, and then Katara says something about like, I like your hair. And he like immediately freaks out. <laughs> he's he like, I gets, have like, hair. <laughs> How do you like Aang's look with hair? I think it's a pretty good look for him, to be honest. I don't think wait, it's the what? Worst. I don't think it's the worst look. Are you, he looks ugly. He looks ugly with hair. Really? Yes. So like, okay. Like, adult Aang, which we see in, like, uh, Korra at some points, like, he looks good. I like adult Aang. Kid Aang with hair just looks so wrong. Does adult like, Aang have hair in Korra? Well, he has, like, he has a beard. Oh, he has a beard, but not hair. Okay. No, and that beard is working. Um, <laughs> but the <laughs> but the, the hair that he has here just looks so out of place. Uh, it just, like, it, it doesn't do it for me. Especially because, like, so he still has that arrow. Like coming out of it, and it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. I got. I guess we'll agree to disagree here because I think in the headband episode, whether which we'll talk about next week, he he's got the headband on. It's a good look, I think. The headband is a much better look. I think that whole Fire Nation outfit that he's in is fine, but yeah. the hair part itself, uh, not a huge fan of. I think part of his look is that he doesn't have hair. Like, I kind of like that he has like you know his little bald thing, and then we see Zuko with all the different hairstyles. True. 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 And then we get here, Hakoda introduces himself to Aang, but then he's, like, brushed off by Katara, like, instantly. What, yeah. Which I didn't love from Katara here. Hakoda didn't do anything wrong. He's just trying to, like, reacquaint himself with the Avatar who he's never met before. Yeah, I mean, like, Hakoda's been fighting this war for years, and he's, like, trying to meet the person who has the best chance to end it. And Katara is just like, go away, dad. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but also, this is like Aang's first chance to meet his crush's uh, his crush's parents. Like that's kind of a big deal. True, and Aang, I think he leaves a pretty good first impression. They do like the water bending handshake and stuff. So I yeah, think it worked I, well I, for Aang. I definitely, definitely think that Aang is like very good uh, at meeting parents. Like he's he's excited. Like he's like a happy person in general. Um, I th- yeah, Aang is like also the Avatar. Uh, so I would say like in terms, if you're gonna bring someone home, like bringing home the Avatar is like a it's a good one. True, it's a pretty uh, good flex. Honestly, I think no parents yeah. gonna complain if you brought home the Avatar. No, my mom would be like, "Great, welcome in." Uh, <laughs> yeah, Zach, are you good with uh, other people's parents? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm like jovial and nice, so it works okay, out. Yeah, that, that I'm like polite. Work. How about you? Are you okay. good with other people's parents? Oh, of course. Uh, other people's parents love me. Um, yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm nice. Uh, I'm not like brown nosing, but yeah. Uh, have you heard the, or have you ever seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No. Who's in it? Maybe I've heard of uh, it. Rachel Bloom. It's like a TV show that's on CW. Fantastic show. Hilarious. Absolutely love it. Never heard of um, it. Yeah. Oh my God. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a great show, but they have a song called I Give Good Parent. Uh, very true. I do give good parent. <laughs> give good parent. That's a that's an interesting song title. 
I I mean, it's true. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not as good as the Avatar. Like, obviously, if, if you can bring home the Avatar, like, bring home the Avatar. But uh, I'm not, like, a bad second option. I feel like you would be way better with other people's parents than I would. I feel like that you that's in your bag. Yeah, okay. I, I'll take that. I will take the compliment. Yeah. I, I think you would probably be better with other people's friends. I can like vibe with the older people, like the parents, but I feel like if, uh, if you're going to introduce like me to a group of someone else's friends, I think that you'd be better there. Okay. There we go. Well, we all got our hidden talents. Yeah. Well, mine's not hidden. I'm bragging about it. I'm singing <laughs> it on the roof. Oh, there we go. You're singing. What is the song called? You got good parent. Exactly. I'm going to go down to the, the like a uh, festival or whatever is happening, like a block down from me and just announce it to everyone. <laughs> just um, grab the mic like, out of somebody's hands. <laughs> yeah. They're literally like over there playing and I'm just going to be like, hello, uh, parents like me and then walk away. Um, for context, there is, there is like a random, uh, there's like a random concert going on in my street. So if anyone's, uh, dancing while they listen to the podcast, then that's why uh, it's, you know, it's soft, but it's there. Okay. Anything else from Aang and Katara meeting Hakoda? And by the way, nope. we're really, we're really NGOGing this episode up, honestly. <laughs> not, not too much Avatar talk in the first 20 minutes, but hey, it's Perfect. all good. Well, this episode is like, whatever. Like, it's, it's so many plot points. It's so many things that happen and like conversations. Like, there's not like a ton, I feel like, uh, you know, no, the we're making it fun. Of- yeah, I feel like the analysis of like uh, how good we are at parents is is a lot better. <laughs> That's um, fair. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Okay, so we go back. Aang is like asks Katara, uh, like, are, "Are you mad at your dad?" And it's like, "Yes." <laughs> what do you expect? Like, why are you even asking this question? And then the fact that Katara says no, like, Aang, call her out on her shit. <laughs> That's true. I was just about to say, but Katara says no. You're right. She, of course, she's angry at her dad. Like clearly a lie so like what what are you talking about we need Toph here to be like the lie detector and like determine that katara's lying that is true Toph in this episode should have been an absolute like cheat code like she should we can get to this when they're like fighting the ships like that shit that ship should have been done in like 0.1 seconds like what do you think they should have like catapulted Toph to the ship and had her like metal bended into the sea or something well, she was already touching the ship, like, through the metal, like, whenever it was on the bridge. Like, she should just, like, literally crumple the entire ship. Like, done. I don't know if she can, though, unless she's, like, touching it, maybe. Mm, okay, then catapult her over. Have Pipsqueak <laughs> throw her. Uh, and then, oh, I guess you can't have Ango fly over there. So she's kind of in trouble. Then have uh, Katara Waterbender back. Done. I just solved that fight in, like... <laughs> One second. Maybe I should have written this episode. Are we gonna are we gonna have that fight in the battle of the battle rankings? Uh, it was kind of a whole hum yes. fight. We will? Okay. I I don't know. What I don't know. Do you not <laughs> want to? Like I I guess fun. does it, it doesn't even count as a fight though, is my question. This like naval warfare between the there, two ships. There is fighting that happens. I guess we don't rank all the fights. We can do it every one. It's our podcast. We'll see when we get there. You know okay, what? there we go. There we go. I like I like the energy for Jacob. Jacob's <laughs> there we go. Okay. You have to, and we're not going to tell the listeners. You have to listen to the end of the podcast to see if we even rank it in our segment. There Boom. we go. Boom. Um, Drop the bomb on them. Exactly. Uh, okay, so then, um, yeah, Katara is going to go heal Aang. 
this is like very nice. The guitar is there. I feel like she's essentially like having a, like a masseur always around, like ready to help you. Um, but it does seem like she's like not really, uh, like she doesn't have the soft touch that's required. Like she ends up like getting to his trauma like really quickly. And I'm not sure like that's the best thing to do. But it doesn't that like help Aang because he says she's in the right spot when he like relives the traumatic moment of getting struck down. He says like she's in the correct spot. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I don't think I would want to relive this. Like this does seem like a very bad moment for Aang. So like I'm not sure I would want to know. Maybe I maybe I just like want some ignorance is bliss type energy here, but I don't know. Like I think that Katara should have been like a little bit softer maybe and like gotten him into it but uh maybe i'm wrong maybe like this was good face it on head first and tackle your problems you know what's crazy though ang realizes here that he was actually dead and that the spirit water from the north pole brought him back to life do you have what he says verbatim he's like i was gone is what he says right yeah he says uh like i didn't just get hurt did i it was worse than that i was gone but you brought me back that's that's like a pretty big deal. Like now he's got a life debt to Katara. True. I mean, yeah. And at least they're going to get married and like, she'll be able to repay that life debt. But damn. Wait, she'll other way. Oh, oh, other way around. Other way around. Yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll repay it to her. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully he was, uh, you know, a nice husband. I don't know why I would speculate that he wasn't. Uh, there's no reason to assume he wasn't. All we've seen, Aang is like the nicest, most caring husband and father. So that, that is very true. Um, yeah, no, I like it is, it is surprising here that like, yeah, he apparently died. Like they, they say that right here, like he was dead and the water brought him back and like having that water from the North pole is so clutch. Um, it really, they really set that one up quite well. The one thing that I don't like, and they do this many times throughout this episode is they flash us back to what happened in the episode before. And I get why they're doing it. You know, this is a kid show. Like kids might be forgetful. Like maybe during the school year, they like forgot uh, what was happening in Avatar. But it was kind of annoying. Yeah, especially because the way we're watching the show, we're watching it week by week. It was kind of annoying because we literally just saw this happen like less than a week ago. Well, I mean, we had a few weeks of of doing like other random things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or like three weeks ago. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. But, like, I think it would have been even worse. Like, if I watched this episode right back to back, like, I would just be like, all right, come on. I just saw this. Like, yeah, we get it. Like, he got he got hit by lightning. Yes, done. Um, and then, so then the next scene we get is we go and we see Tweedledum and Tweedledee, uh, or as they're called, Lee and Lo. Oh, um, the old ladies. Yeah, The yeah. old ladies, yeah, yeah. With the huge ears. That's what I noticed for some reason. They have, like, the longest <laughs> ears. That is true. Uh, they <laughs> so, do have very long so ears. I, just, I don't even have that in my notes, but every time I picture Lo and Lee, I just picture their long ass ears. It's like unnerving. No, that's that's right. Um, yeah, ears. Yeah, that is it is a creepy part of the body to be like way too long. Yeah, it's like having a super long nose. Yeah, but even like a long nose is like not like that long. Like no one has a nose. that's like dripping past their chin. Whereas true, like their true. ears are like very, very large. Except you know who have noses like that? Those monkeys that like live in the snow, they got noses that like, Oh you yeah. Know, you know the ones I'm talking about? They got <laughs> yeah. the huge noses. 
They look Those funny. monkeys look so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, oh, man. Those monkeys look dumb. Um, they should make a portmanteau animal in Avatar with that monkey. What would it mash up well with? Hmm. Maybe like a bird. Like half, like that's mm-hmm. like the beak. You don't think so? No, I'm no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I way too intense. <laughs> let me, let me, one second. The flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz are too scary. That's true. Uh, they are. And I do not want any other monkeys that can fly uh, on the off chance that they are also scary. That's fair. That's fair. But, well, but maybe in the HBO show, uh, they have these like flying monkeys come and kidnap people. <laughs> that would be horrible. Imagine somebody commanding like an army of like flying monkeys in Avatar and that's their power. There's just some non-bender with an army of monkeys. Exactly. I feel like I feel like even though Boomy is a bender, uh Boomy would still just decide that he's going to like command an army of monkeys <laughs> like instead of having Flopsy. I was so disappointed Boomy didn't go that far in our Survivor Brand steal. I'm still sad yeah. about that. Yeah, that is true. Um it is a little disappointing. Oh, Zach, we have old business that we're going to deal with 20 minutes into the show. Is this okay. fine? Yeah, Should sure. Let's do it up. Okay. What are we doing here? Uh, there is a lot of talk in the discord about bottled water. Uh, and I loved it. Uh, you know, this is something <laughs> that I mentioned last week. The question was, uh, if you pour bottled water in a glass, is it still bottled water? Uh, this came up uh, in the, like when I went to the Yankees game, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. So we had uh, professor strunk, and Davis comma will debating about this in the discord. And I want to give, uh, you know, Davis comma will's arguments light, but I think professor shrunk said exactly what was on my mind. So I, I need to make sure that I like read it. Did you have a chance to look at this? Thing? I skimmed this, but I forget who's on whose side. So like with the listeners, I'll be like listening on you basically. All right. Perfect. Uh, okay. So Davis comma will, uh, said that, if you poured a bottle of water into a glass, it would be a glass of bottled water uh, or a particularly cheeky unbottled water, which I appreciated. Um, then he points out that otherwise, if water is no longer bottled, once it leaves the bottle, it's impossible to drink bottled water because as soon as it leaves the bottle and into your mouth, it's just water. And that's ridiculous, which I think is like overly, uh, I think it's like overly pedantic, mm-hmm. but then the professor stepped in and set this straight. I think just defining the argument. Uh, He said, there are four things at play. One chemical composition of water, mineral versus fluoride Two, the brand of water, Dasani versus Fiji three, the geographic source of water, Fiji versus water uh, river water or four, the vessel that contains the water. So like bottled water, boxed water uh, or boxed wine, I guess is what he said. Um, Then He said, my take is the chemical composition, brand, and geographic source remain unaffected by the act of pouring water into a glass. The same is not true for the vessel category. Once you pour water into a glass, the vessel changes. It becomes a glass. Hence, bottled water is no longer bottled water uh, when it's poured into a glass, unless uh, it has a distinct chemical composition or something like that. Facts. There we go. Ends the debate. What does it become when it's in the glass? Glassed water? Is that the term Uh, for it? I think it's a glass of water. Well, I'm glad we had this momentous debate settled. <laughs> and yeah, Davis Comma Will did come back with like a pretty good argument about canned corn uh, being still being canned corn outside of a can. But you know what? Confirmation bias. Uh, I, I'm giving the win to the professor here. You know what? I'll just tie it up. I agree with Will. Uh, I agree with I'm Will. Sorry. Now. 
<laughs> just, no. just to make things interesting. Bottled water in a glass is still bottled water. There you go. You agreed with me last week. I know. I do. I still do deep down, but to make well, things interesting. You're just trolling me? To, yeah, I'm just trolling. To make things interesting, I'll just agree with Will. So then you know, when he comes on the podcast, he has somebody on his team, right? <laughs> I'm upset. I'm 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 upset now. <laughs> Anyways, I we I can't believe you're doing this just to uh just to spite me. Well, I haven't done anything out of spite as we established on the podcast before, so this is the first thing I'll do out of spite. There we go. All right, we're not making it to our two-year podcast anniversary of this rape. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. We've gone all over the place this episode. <laughs> all right, so Lo and Lee, the old ladies with the huge ears, they're like speaking of, of Azula's and Zuko's accomplishment in front of this huge crowd of Fire Nation soldiers. Anything we need to get into in this scene? Not really. We can kind of yada yada it. I feel no, like no, unless this- you have some strong opinions. No, this was boring. Like, uh, like these people, they just literally recap what happens. They like quickly go over like the highlights. Azula wins. Daily takes down the wall. Fire Nation has the capital. Like done. Yeah, there you um, go. All, all of this setup was like kind of weird because you know they're talking about this. Like they're saying stuff that we already know. They're like introducing other stuff via montage. Like this, the past scene. Like all of these scenes that just like tell you the exact things that happened, like giving you a bunch of plot points. You're just kind of boring. The only thing that makes this better is that sometimes they speak in unison, which means that the speech was rehearsed. That part I do like. <laughs> I did not even notice that. So good little observation there from you. Uh, oh, another observation. We see June in the background in Bossing Say. Uh, oh, I didn't see her. I saw the couple with the baby, Hope. The couple with the baby named Hope. Oh. I saw them in the background, but I didn't see June. That's interesting. Cool. Well, I did not notice that. So I guess uh, together we both noticed, uh, together we hopefully <laughs> noticed everything. Maybe. Shout out to June, second or place. Wick. Oh, was it Jin? Now I'm just myself. Is it Jin, the girl that like Zuko was that with? Zuko went on a date out. Yeah, that's when, Jin. That's Jin. Yeah, yeah, Jin June Jin. is like with the lipstick and like the shoe, yeah, yeah, shoe yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, whip. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, my bad. All right. So, t- man, I here I am noticing things, and then my notes are wrong. <laughs> All good. Jin, June. I mean, they're similar names. Thank you for giving me credit for that. The next scene we get, again, super boring. Uh, it's just <laughs> Sokka that is now describing stuff. And we have, like, three scenes back to back to back that are just like, here's exactly what happened. Here's what you've missed while Aang was passed out. It's like, all right. Like, I'm I'm bored. Yeah, Sokka explains to Aang that the Earth King decided to travel alone, which I thought was a little funny. You just see him on Bosco yeah. riding away into the sunset while they captured and commandeered a Fire Nation ship. And then yes. they're still going to invade on the Day of the Black Sun, but with a smaller ragtag group. That's pretty much it from this scene. Um, exactly. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Bosco and the Earth King are chilling <laughs> together. I have to imagine that having a bear with you makes you extremely easy to recognize. So. Like, the Earth King's probably going to get caught within, like, a week. But, hey, hats off. Have fun. Yeah. Oh, I said that was all from the scene. I forgot. Sokka also lets Aang know that everyone thinks he's dead, much to Aang's chagrin. Aang is not happy to receive this information. Yes. Yes. This is the big part of the scene is that it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, no one knows that you're still alive. And that really sends uh, Aang into a spiral, which makes sense. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Aang literally uh, was gone for a hundred years. He's already like feeling like he's abandoned his people. Uh, like it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like I would be upset too if the world thought I was dead. 
Yeah, I understand Aang's angst this episode and the pain he's dealing with. Because after, like you said, he abandoned the world once before, uh, stuck in an iceberg for a 100 years, and now he feels like he abandoned the world again. And he failed in bossing, say. So he failed and abandoned the world, which is like a lot of yes. weight on like this, like what, 11-year-old kid's shoulders? Well, and like he, he lost. Like the only reason he was able to like stay in the game and be alive is because Katara was there to save him. Like, if he did not have that group of people, he would have been gone. And like, I think he knows that like when he was in the avatar state, if he died, the avatar doesn't get reincarnated. So like a pretty big mess up from Aang here. Um, it's got away on him quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. Yeah. And- uh, yeah. He, he's, he's very upset. I did like how many times he said no. He was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, that. That's like a common thing. It's sitcoms. I feel like the no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've never once heard that, um, but maybe I'll, I'll work it into a conversation tomorrow. I'll test it out. We'll see how it goes. All right. Um, anyway, so we see a Fire Nation ship approaching, uh, and Aang is, like, ready to go attack. He's like, great, let's go take him down. Um, I feel like he should have been able to take them down, because if he takes down the ship, then, like, who are they going to report it to? They're gone. True, but he's still like injured because then he says, "Let's." Go, he's about to go take it down, and then he like stutters and like can't even open his glider. So, no, that that is that is very fair. Um, yeah. yeah, but like even if he like, I feel like that's the reason why he shouldn't do it, and not because um, like he cannot be known. Um, yeah, no, I I agree with you. That that makes sense. Yep. Uh, so then, like, they have this plan. They're going to, uh, you know, try to talk their way out of it. Uh, Hakoda and uh, your favorite uh, are going <laughs> to go and take care. <laughs> yeah, my favorite, Bato. <laughs> Bato of the Water Tribe. Oh, my God, what a trash uh, character. I mean, we get the good and bad, right? We get Bato and we get Pipsqueak. Like, I know. What a coincidence. Would, would, would you take the trade uh, if you could? Yeah, I'll like, take. I mean, I'd, I'd take both of them. I'd, I'd better to have Pipsqueak or better to have Pipsqueak around <laughs> and Bato. And then Hakoda says he's from the Eastern Fleet, but his excuse doesn't work. You know who I blame for screwing this up? I blame Bato. Bato wasn't a good enough actor. It's his fault they got caught. <laughs> how, how is it Bato? Bato actually like steps in. He's like, oh, like uh, there's no disrespect, man, sir. Like uh, you know, it, it's fine. Um, I think Bato did a fine job. I think they just got unlucky because this like random uh, admiral has been like, I don't know, chilling on a on an island for a while. No, you're right. I just wanted to blame Bato for something. That's just like I'm, my innate I'm, hatred for him in his episode. It's we just we really should blame. go back and uh, re-rate that episode just so we can like rank it like uh, a 0.5 or something. Maybe in like the season three finale, like when we're all wrapping up the podcast, that'll be like the final thing we do. We'll just like go in the edit function and like make it a zero. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, um, sounds good to me. Yeah. So then, okay. So they're going to talk to this Fire Nation officer. I wanted to ask you, uh, could they have found a Fire Nation officer that looks more lame? Like this guy looks like a C tier level bad guy. He looks like, yeah, he looks so boring. Yeah, he kind of looks like that, like, Earth Nation wrestler who was supposed to be a fire, who was supposed to be mm. part of the Fire Nation. You know what I'm talking fire about? Fire Nation Man? Fire Nation Man. Yeah, it kind of oh, looks yeah, like fire him, Nation just like Man. a generic bad guy. Yeah, but, like, he's got some weird looking hair. Like, he's getting upset about not getting a hawk message or something. He's like, yeah. um, like, he's all antsy. Like, this guy's so boring. Like, imagine <laughs> if this was Admiral Zhao and that's who he, like, dealt with as a season one antagonist. Like, the show would just be so lame. 
True, but this is like I don't mind when like a one episode antagonist is kind of boring or like a one off Fire Nation character. It's like it makes sense for them to be boring. Can't give them too much flair. I, I agree. Like we don't need uh we don't need a spin-off from this person. But like they, they do a great job of having one episode antagonists. Like true, I know the true. rough rhinos have been around like a few times, but like when we have people come in and are super interesting, uh like I appreciate that. That's true. Like the warden in season one with Imprisoned, exactly. he was a good one episode antagonist, so you're right. Yeah. Um, and then here Toph like is super clutch because Toph like catches a whisper um, that they're going to like get taken over or something. Uh, the Fire Nation officer is like, okay, this isn't right. Uh, something's wrong here. We're going to sink the ship. Now, let's say that the Fire Nation officer was wrong. Um, what's the punishment for sinking your own ship? Because like they don't know for a fact that this is like a commandeered ship. They're not going to be able to confirm that. Yeah, I mean, hypothetically, if they were wrong, I mean, I don't know, their punishment might be death in the Fire Nation. They don't seem to take military failures lightly, so they might have been uh, getting obliterated by Azula or something, like lightning bolted on the spot if they were wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, it does seem, it does seem like a pretty high stakes thing to do. Like, I'm not sure I would take the risk and sink a ship, but hey, uh, Good for that guy. At least he's confident. <laughs> I mean, he was right, ultimately. So He was right, but he just got lucky. Like, he did not know that he was right. So That's fair. That's Because, like, someone someone was, like, uh, like, this Admiral Chan person was, like, uh, busy for the past two months. Like, that's why they, like, see that the story is a lie. Um, but then, like, I don't know. Like, the ship could have gotten uh, instructions from, like, three months ago. Like, you you don't know. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't have too All much right. to say because you're just spitting facts right now. Just like the bottled water debate, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bottled water debate. No, nah, ultimately, I do agree with you. I mean, bottled water, once it's out of the bottle, it's not bottled, in my opinion. That about sums up my opinion on it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah, we can have uh, Davis Come Will talk to us next week about why we're wrong. <laughs> there we um, go. Anyway, so uh, Toph is like, great. Uh, these people know... Uh, super clutch that she's able to do this. She's able to say, okay, we're going to try to like get rid of the, or we're going to like try to push the ship away. Katara creates a wave. Um, she like makes the guard and the whatever officer like go into the water. She should have just like immediately TKO'd the ship. Like there's no reason why like a water bender and a metal bender can't knock down a ship within a second, but whatever. Yeah, true. No, you're right. And we're going to see Toph like destroy some like ships in the finale. So you're right. Exactly. She should be able to do this. She literally, like, will bend a blimp and then, like, cause it to get, like, demolished. Like, she can easily sink the ship. All you have to do is put a hole in it. Like, ships are so easy to sink. True, true, true. No, you're right. You're right. And then we cut well, to Zook. so easy to sink. <laughs> well, true. Not every ship is like the Titanic. That's true. That's fair. Um, anyway, so, yeah, we, we then go to Zuko and Azula. These turtle ducks, or duck turtles, I don't know which one goes first. Very cute. I love them. Turtle ducks, that's what they call them. Okay. And then, you know what's funny? As soon as Azula's, like, shadow enters the picture, they all, like, run away, the turtle ducks, which is funny because Azula must have, like, tormented them or something when they were kids. Yeah, like, imagine being so scary that these animals have, like, an innate fear of you and, like, dash away <laughs> as soon as they see you. Like, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what she did to him. I, right? Like, I mean, she probably, like, used him as target practice. Like, Azula as a kid? Mm-mm. I would, <laughs> I would not feel safe. Same, same. 
Um, yeah. So then like Azula's, uh, you know, talking to Zuko Azula, this whole episode is just being disrespectful, uh, the whole time just being rude saying like, um, yeah, like, you know, the avatar is dead. Like there's no way the avatar could have survived. Like, I don't know how she knows, but the fact that she's like twisting the knife is so evil. Yeah, how did she know? How is Azula so perceptive to know that Aang did not, or Aang did survive the blow that she landed? That is a great question. I mean, clearly she's perceptive. She won uh, our fake Survivor season. Uh, <laughs> True. Yep. But like, I, yeah, I, I do not, I do not get it because she is just like so on top of it, and she's right. Maybe the Fire Nation just has incredible intuition. Like, this officer knew the ship was commandeered. Azula knows somehow the Avatar's still alive. Like, these people are just, like, next-level reads. Maybe just part of being a Fire Nation member, you gotta have the intuition stat maxed out. I mean, that's a pretty clutch stat. Thank goodness I'm Fire Nation. <laughs> True, us Earthbenders don't have that, sadly. No way. Uh, it's all intuition over here, baby. Um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, she, she's like twisting the knife here. She's saying like, unless he miraculously survived. And then of course we get another, uh, cut back to uh, the part of last episode, um, where Katara is talking about her, uh, spirit water. Yeah. Yeah. And Zuko, she's talking to it to Zuko, but then he, but then Zuko's like, no, he tells Azula, there's no way Aang could have survived. So even though he knows deep down, Aang probably did survive due to the spirit water. Yeah. It, it also, yeah, it just seems weird that she knows. Um, yeah, she's just she's just next level, I guess. I mean, what can you do? Um, anyway, so she she does that. We'll see later. She like twists the knife even further. Uh, but before that, we get back to the team avatar fight, uh, and this is where like the fight just drags because this really should have been like a one second thing, and instead we have Toph like sending Earth uh her their way like. I don't know. It should have just been. Uh, and, and really I was happy though because I got to see Pipsqueak incorporated into the fight because he's like <laughs> carrying the rocks for Toph to shoot. So I'm yes. like, yeah, Pipsqueak, yeah. let's go. So Remember? I was happy to see. But you're right. Besides that, that's why I was saying, is this fight even worth ranking? It might become like our lowest ranked fight if we do rate it. That's true. I mean, that like I am going to rate it very poorly because it should have been absolutely trivial to sink the ship, and instead, Katara creates steam at one point. To make it, or fog, I guess, to make it hard to see. Like, what? Like, everything in this fight was so extra. And then Aang's, like, wanting to fight. And, like, it's like, no, you can't fight yet. Um, Should we get also, into the fight? That's this whole scene, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we can get into it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've uh, basically been summing it up, so. I mean, it's, it's not that interesting. Uh, I guess one thing that does happen is that uh, they send a harpoon into the Team Avatar ship. Uh, but then Katara is able to like patch that up using ice, uh, really quickly. Um, so that was pretty clever. Yeah. Katara's waterbending is on full display here, but I'm surprised she couldn't sink the ship with her waterbending. I agree. Like she should have been able to do this very quickly and like cause a whirlpool or something. I don't know. Exactly. The one thing that I really did appreciate it. So Aang's not in the fight because he's hidden. Sokka's also not in the fight for no reason. Like Sokka's (laughs) not in this fight. It's inexplicable. He doesn't even try to do it. He's literally saying, let us handle this, but he doesn't even fight. He just, like, sits there. He knows how useless he is. Isn't I, that I Sokka's that. MO, though? He just knows, like, it's all, like, Toph makes that joke, I think, in the chase, where it's, like, Toph, Katara, and Aang are ready to fight. She's like, you just sit there and look pretty. 
No, but even when like he is just effectively sitting there and looking pretty, he tries. Like he'll throw his boomerang, he'll like go for a slice or something. Like he will do something, and he's about to get a lot more useful uh, going forward. Like when he gets uh, when he gets his sword and Sokka's master coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like he just is doing nothing. He's chilling. It's his off day for the fights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just there babysitting Aang is basically his chore for this fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, babysitting Aang. That's a that's a pretty bad duty. It, it's got to be rough whenever, like, Toph's on that uh, duty, and then, like, <laughs> their fighting stats go way down. Uh, like, on Toph's off day, it's like, all right, we really can't get into any good fights today because we might actually lose. <laughs> True. Yeah, Toph, I don't think it takes a babysitting Aang shift. I think they just don't put her on it. That's fair. It's probably a Sokka exclusive job. It's probably <laughs> like Sokka's niche. Sokka, Sokka and uh, Bato. <laughs> I wonder what Aang and Bato talk about, like how <laughs> shit the episode was. <laughs> Bato is like, uh, hey, you really weren't uh, playing in character. Uh, it really didn't <laughs> seem to match with the rest of your character progression. And he's like, okay, but you're the you're a terrible episode. And that's <laughs> yep, that's what they talked about. I was gonna say they talk about like uh, like Bitcoin, like Ethereum. They're like oh. real finance bros. Like Bato's oh. heavy into finance. Wow, I didn't know Bato bought, probably bought a lot of GME. I bet. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, you think Bato is making money off crypto, or you think no. Bato's? Or you think Bato's a crypto failure? Okay. Yeah, Bato uh, like buys the top, and then as soon as it goes down, panic sells. Like, <laughs> Bato, Bato's gets scared. No diamond. Bato buys high and sells low. Oh yeah, that's that's a yeah. Don't do that. That's that's a, that's a way to lose money. Yeah, so then in this fight, Sokka says things couldn't get much worse, and then the serpent from Serpent's Pass comes in, and this is a, the most random ending to this fight. The serpent just randomly decides to choose to take down the Fire Nation ship. This is really like a deus ex machina here, in my opinion. So the serpent rolls up and is like trying to pick sides. First is going to attack Team Avatar, but then the Fire Nation like hits uh, the serpent in the face or something. And so like the serpent like decides to play vindictively or like something like that, I guess. But yeah, it was so weird because the fight should have been over in five seconds. And instead we have the serpent come up to in the fight. Like you have benders who can sink ships. Yeah, I don't know. I guess with Aang injured, they just couldn't make the fight interesting for some reason. Because this is one of the few fights in the whole series we get without Aang and it's just not that good. I mean, yes, but, like, there are other fights that have not had Aang. Like, the most iconic fight in the entire series is, like, when Zula and uh, Zula. Wow, okay, that is who fights. Zuko and Azula fight uh, yeah, at the end yeah. of book three. Like, you don't need Aang to make the fight interesting. Um, crummy job here. Uh, anyway, so they're going to go get some dinner uh, after the fight, uh, after the serpent wins. Uh, they tell Sokka, or sorry, Sokka says that you need to cover your arrow uh, and Aang's like really upset about that, uh, really not wanting to do that. I think that makes sense. I think asking him to do it's like, like it's a touchy subject. Obviously, he has to, but like, yeah. I think, but you have to bring it up though. Like, I think Sokka was in the right here to let him know that he should get it covered. Yeah, no, that that is fair. Um, yeah, yeah, because there's no other way around it. No, you're right. I was wrong. Hand up on that one. Um. Anyway, so they're going to try to go get some food. Uh, like, Aang's still, like, just very, very moody. Uh, anything from this scene? 
Uh, is this like the Aang and Katara scene when Katara like brings in the food? Or Katara says she'll stay behind and then they talk. Yeah, I mean, they talk for a little bit. They're like, uh, Aang's like, I'm doing this myself. Like, I'm not going to let anyone help me. It's like, all right, that's going to be true for about five minutes until you get <laughs> True, because this, this conversation is happening with like six minutes left in the episode. So you're right. It literally yeah. is going to be like five minutes before he changes his mind. Like, okay, what do we have in this, uh, like, I don't know, big moment for? Like, he's making a huge statement and it's like, whatever. Oh, I forgot the most important part from the scene. As they're walking in, there's like water dripping, uh, like yeah. down. So that's like, it's super annoying when water's dripping down. If I was a waterbender, the first thing that I would do is I would stop any dripping water. Any leaks would be fixed. Like, I'm not going to let water drip in my room and annoy me all day. The fact that Aang did not do that shows that he's in a terrible mental state. I don't know if it shows that he's in a terrible mental state. Maybe he's just something to do, just listening to the water. Maybe it's like a metronome for him. Who knows? That is an insane take. It's like one of my (laughs) pet peeves is like when noises happen consist, like when, yeah, when noises are happening consistently, but not on purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Makes sense. I get it. Like water dripping, like off your gutter or something. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Yeah. In fact, I would love to be a waterbender so I could stop all of those noises or all at least liquid related noises like that. Um. Anyway, so then Aang sends Katara away. Um, Katara also does not fix the water dripping. And we go to the Fire Nation capital. Um, I like the, I, w- I want to state something here, though. I like the transition here. Because then Aang is, like, explaining to Katara that, like, he failed, that the Earth King's fallen for good. He hates the invasion plan. He wants to face Fire Lord alone, yada, yada. And then she says, is there anything you need? And he says, I need to redeem myself. I need my honor back. And then we cut to Zuko entering the fire nation chambers which was a very good transitional shot by the animators so that That, was like the best part of the or one of the best parts of the episode for me this transition to zuko that is very true uh thank you for not letting me skip over that like that is that was very good to have that like transition um yeah and i i think they really do interesting stuff when they like shoot zuko's face in a way that like shows one or the other side of it. Like, I yes. do think that's always very interesting. Like what kind of thing they're like, what kind of story they're telling when they're only showing half of his face. Yeah. Cause this transition was cool. Cause it was half of Aang's face then transition to half of Zuko's face. So yeah. Shout out the animators there. Yeah. Uh, the writers uh, needed some help but the animators on point. <laughs> yeah. Always. Um, anyway, then Katara goes back uh, to get some food uh, Aang's not there. Then we go back to, uh, to Zuko. Then we see Ozai. Uh, we see Ozai for the first time we get Ozai's face. Was this worth three seasons of buildup to see Ozai's face? Not necessarily, but I guess it was worth three seasons of buildup to hear his voice. Cause I love Mark Hamill's voice acting. Whenever yeah. he, whenever Ozai talks, it's like so chilling. It's like, yes. ooh, it's just like, like that scene, you know, it's that scene in um, Lion King where they're like, oh, it's just, the hyenas are saying like, oh, say Mufasa. It's like, ooh, Mufasa, ooh. <laughs> it's just like every time he talks, it's like, ooh, it's just like a chilling yeah. voice. So great voice acting from um, uh, Mark Hamill here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that like, ultimately, his face is just like very, very boring. The fact that they are like <laughs> yeah. building up to it for three seasons and then they have the big reveal and it's like, oh, I could have guessed that. Like, that's just what like these people look like in this uh, in this universe, like just bland face. True. And he um, kind of looks like his silhouette from season one. It's like the face doesn't look too different. So I know. What yeah, you mean. it's the buildup. Yeah. It's like, eh. 
yeah, but the, the voice acting is great here. Like it is just so like, yeah, he, he's just so imposing. I absolutely love the character. Um, and Zuko here just has to be like happy. I'm, I'm surprised that we don't see anything bigger um, with Zuko being happy because like he hears the words that he's been longing to hear for so long. Like Ozai says to him, you've redeemed yourself, my son. Like that's exactly what he was pining for, for all of season one. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's what he was pining for for the whole season, his honor and his redemption. What were you? You just had a thought come to you. What's up? Uh, well, I just, so uh, I love Billie Eilish, uh, one of my favorite uh, artists ever. Um, I think that Zuko was probably listening to the song Everything I Wanted on repeat because this is exactly like what he's going through. Like he gets everything he wanted. He's still not happy and is like struggling to know what he wants to go through from there. I just feel like I'm connected to Zuko's character more than ever through the Billy <laughs> I can't imagine Zuko listening to Billy Eilish, but hey, maybe like you, he's a huge Billy Eilish stan. Wait, Zuko would love Billy Eilish. The like moody, slow music, he would be vibing to Billy. Like me and him would be in the back of the pit, like just dancing. <laughs> no, maybe Zuko would be but that's something you should make a Twitter poll. Would Zuko vibe to Billy Eilish? Yes or no? We haven't had a right. Twitter poll since like season one, but why not? I will, uh, I will combine my two loves. Oh, another thing that we haven't talked about since season one is a blanket fort. Zach, have you made a blanket fort? I don't even remember this conversation. From season oh my one. gosh. I made an epic, epic blanket fort. And I was telling you about it on the podcast. Oh yeah. Oh man. Anyway. It's been a while. No, I've never made a blanket fort since. And they have such a, they have a dope community episode with blanket forts. I kind of wish I made one now. You can. It's not too late. Uh, you can make one uh, tonight. I'll try. <laughs> Seize the day. All right, perfect. Okay, I will. Uh, I will tweet that out uh, if Zuko would be a Billy fan. Oh, and then we kind of get cross cutting between Ozai and the Hokoda scene. So, do you want to talk about one scene and then want to talk about the other? Yeah, let's talk about the Zuko and Ozai scene since we're here. Um, okay, because I think that the like scene with Katara is like pretty important, and we should just like cover that uh, like without breaking it up. So yeah, like we, we go um, to, you know, the other scene, but we'll, we'll stick with the Zuko of it all. Uh, yeah. Like Osai here is saying exactly what he wants to hear. He's saying how proud he is. Uh, and then we get a reveal that Azula said that, uh, that it was like, um, yeah. Azula said that Zuko was the one to take down the avatar and not Azula. Yeah. We see Zuko's eyebrow raise here. We know he's kind of curious as to what kind of stun Azula's trying to pull. And yeah, Ozai tells him, she tells him she was amazed and impressed by your power and ferocity at the moment of truth, which I, don't mm-hmm. know, I just thought that was a cool line. <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah. what you want, uh, you want me to say to you is, uh, that I'm impressed with your power and veracity at podcasting? <laughs> yeah. There we go. It just makes me feel good. Gas me up some more. All right. Uh, add this to the list of things to tweet. Uh, <laughs> power and veracity. That's a hard word to spell. Wrap out of context. Then I have a field day with this podcast. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. They, uh, uh, yeah. That's a great Twitter <laughs> account. Um, okay. Anyway. So yeah, that's, that's all that I think is important from that scene. I, I think the scene with Katara and Hakoda is very good and we should actually talk about avatar for a second yeah I agree. um yeah so like she first goes and complains about ang uh like leaving and how he has all this responsibility hakoda like takes his side here which makes sense because this is like sort of his mindset like his mindset is like 
you know, he's trying to go out and save the world. Like he's trying to help, which is exactly the choice that he ended up making for himself uh, when he left the water tribe. And Katara really just has such a good line here. I give, uh, I give you 70% chance that you clip this. Uh, I did not clip it. I well, I wanted to clip the scene. Did you clip it by any chance? I did. I did not. I, I literally, I was watching it. And after the scene, I, I was like, damn, that was so good. And I was like, I wrote my notes. I said, 70% chance that clipped it. Nah, it was the 30% chance. I thought uh, about clipping this whole, because like the music was swelling. This was such yeah. a beautiful scene. I thought about clipping it and I was like, ah, I've, I've clipped enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel, no, I feel like we use it sparingly and in the right places, but yeah. So, okay, to, to recap uh, what she said, like, she's she's going in, at first she's talking about Aang, saying, like, you know, yes, the world needs him, but we need him too. Um, how could he leave us behind? And all of this is about Aang, like, it is what Aang just did. And H- but Hakoda has the presence of mind to know that Katara is also talking about him uh, as well. And Katara, like, really breaks down, uh, just saying, like, how could you leave us, Dad? And that line, May Whitman's acting, both incredible in my notes so i have may whitman's voice acting in this scene is top notch you can really sense like the pain in katara's voice and you can feel how much she missed her father in that moment my note said may whitman pop off so you did a lot better <laughs> <laughs> you did a lot better at summarizing my thoughts for me but pop I, off I, queen <laughs> pop off queen like but it was just so good like i did really appreciate this scene. I like, it was kind of jarring to have Katara so upset with Hakoda early on, but I did think that they really did a good job. The writers did a good job of bringing it back, having it make sense and having this like big emotional moment in the episode. Yeah. And this scene is like probably the highlight of the episode for me. For I sure. Say. Um, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that like, this also shows Katara's maturity because Katara, like in a bit will say, like, I understand why you had to go, but I still feel bad. Like, having that sort of cognitive dissonance where it's like, I know it's the right choice, but I'm still not happy about it. Like, I really did appreciate that. I thought this was great. Loved it. Yeah. And then Hakoda lets her know that every night he missed them so much that he missed Sokka and Katara so much that it would ache. And you get this touching moment between Hakoda and his the sobbing Katara here. And they yeah. embrace, and it's like a beautiful, loving moment. I, I don't. I don't believe him. I don't believe his heart ached every night. That's kind of a <laughs> I, lot think, of I think so. I think a father with your kids leaving for war. Mm. I think it's. I think his heart ached every night. That's a, no. that's, a, that's a cold take from you. No, Jacob. I don't think so. I don't think it ached. I think he's a liar. <laughs> um, I'm All not right, saying he did. I'm not. I'm not saying he didn't miss them. I'm just saying his heart didn't ache every night. It's a little bit dramatic. I I think his heart was aching every All single right. night. Well, agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> Okay, we go to back to Aang. Aang is like uh, flying around. Uh, then he sees a blockade and he decides to swim for like, I don't know, 200 meters underwater. Like, what? Very impressive. Yeah, in like one breath. It's crazy, honestly. Aang, we were talking about him being in the Olympics for like a bunch of things, but now we know like swimming he can do as well. He could be yeah. like a modern day Michael Phelps. It would be impressive. How far do you think that you could hold your breath underwater and swim? Mm, I can't swim. So like five seconds. (laughs) So, yep, not very far at all. I think I could get like 20 meters, maybe. That's not too bad. I I mean, Aang does 
10x what I did. I, I yeah, guess but Aang. that's Aang. That's Aang. That's not a normal human. That's <laughs> the Avatar. <laughs> um, that's fair. Uh, so then Aang like falls off uh, his like uh, glider or whatever because the the sea gets too sho- uh, too choppy uh, and he ends up like falling down. This Before that, like- he finds a log though. Sorry to interrupt. And he starts windsurfing just like our Olympic gold medalist boy. He starts windsurfing on the log. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah he does find the log. Uh, I did like that quite a lot. Uh, I wonder if this is why the person like went into windsurfing. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking when I watched this scene. Did he watch this and think that was something he wanted to do? It's yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and the the piece of driftwood uh, that he finds is like absolutely perfect uh, for like windsurfing. Very lucky to to find the piece. Extremely lucky. Yeah. Extremely lucky. <laughs> Um, so I guess if the Fire Nation is good at intuition, uh, then the like Avatar, or sorry, the Airbenders are good at finding random objects. <laughs> That's their hit to tell. We'll add one for Earthbenders and uh, Waterbenders soon. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Um, okay, so then the next scene that we get is Zuko goes to confront Azula. Uh, my favorite part from this scene is that uh, Zuko calls his dad father. Uh, I love this. Uh, I do this too, and my parents hate it. They detest when I call them father and mother. Really? Uh, well, I had to see in my culture, we have like a Somalian terms for uh, father and mother. So we don't, okay. I don't say father and mother. So I've never had that issue though. Occasionally I'll be like mom and my mom doesn't like that. She prefers, I call her the Somalian term. Uh, I then mother would not be good. You should not go for mother then. <laughs> I'll uh, call her mother would... after this, and we're like, "Hey, mother!" And she's just gonna like slap me in the head. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about what my, what uh, my parents feel as well. A- anytime I say like mother to my mom, she's always like, "Yes, child." <laughs> that's uh, pretty funny. Yeah, child. I wonder if this is where I got it from. I heard Zuko do it, and I'm like, "Ooh, okay, I, I can I can try that." I think my favorite part of this scene is when Zuko's like, "What well, you you know what you did," and then she's like, "Azula's like, you're gonna have to be a little more specific." And I love this line from Azula because it's like as if she's got like a million little evil irons in the fire and doesn't know what Zuko's referring to. <laughs> yes, no, that is totally totally right. You could read this as her like you know messing with him a little bit, or mm-hmm. it's like there are so many evil things she's done that she can't keep track, <laughs> and you have to let her know which one you know about. Because she's not going to reveal one of the other ones that is unknown. Not yeah, facts. That's great. The music in this scene was so intense, I could barely take it. Like, the music that plays as Azula's talking was just so, like, unnerving. It really was. I, yeah, this was crazy. Did it have the same reaction to you? Yeah, the music this episode overall was really good. We don't talk about the music enough on this podcast, but the music throughout this episode was just beautiful and, like, perfectly placed, I feel like, every time. Yeah. Uh, and, and like here the whole time, like she's revealing all of this saying like, oh, like what motive could I have? Like, I'm just trying to get you to have all the glory. Um, like, unless the avatar happens to be alive, like just twisting the knife each time. Like she reveals her entire plan, says everything that she's doing and you can't do anything about it. Like, oh my God. Poor Zuko in this moment, just getting absolutely bodied by Azula. I feel like. Yes. Uh, he has no response. Literally afterwards, um, she like goes on this whole speech, says like, sleep well, Zuzu. And we know like she doesn't like being called that. Uh, and he doesn't respond. Like, he's just like, great. I'm taking the L. Uh, too bad. Yeah. And he took a fat L there indeed. Is that the last we get of Zuko this episode? I think it is. Poor Zuko. I believe it is. There's only Not the best like, episode for him. 
no, this has to be like the worst episode for Zuko. Uh, he's sad the whole time. And then like <laughs> he gets like, uh, you know, absolutely destroyed by his sister. Like she just demolishes him, sets him up for failure. Like terrible look from him. Facts, facts. Um, yeah. So then we see Aang. Aang's like about to drown in a wave or something. Uh, and then he has like every spirit that we've talked to, uh, comes back. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get like Ko the face dealer to show up and be like, you can do it, Aang. <laughs> oh, that would have been hilarious <laughs> if they had Ko the face dealer pop up. That would have been funny. It would have been some much needed comedy in the episode. It's surprising that Yue pops up because Yue and Aang didn't really have much of a relationship with, from what we saw in the show. So, but I guess the Avatar is connected with every spirit, so it kind of makes sense. I yeah, I agree. I'm not sure they really. I'm not sure they really talked uh, like at all. But uh, you know, first time for everyone, I guess. Um, yeah, the the spirits help him out. They give him some motivation. Uh, he creates a tidal wave. Uh, I don't. That's that's about all I have on that. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, with the tidal wave, do you think he created himself or like Yue used like the moon powers to like help him with the tides? Um, yeah, maybe Yue like helped out. He's like a pretty good waterbender. He could probably do it. True, um, but then I was surprised he was drowning and then all of a sudden was able to like waterbend the big wave. Wait, I think he was, I think he was drowning because he's just like giving up. Like I, he, he's fine. Like he can choose to waterbend. I think he was just like over it. Okay, I'll go. We'll go with that. That makes sense right. to me. Perfect. Um, and then I have a question for you. How did Katara, Toph, and Sokka find him on this island? Were they just flying on Appa and they just saw him? Why were you going to ask the same thing? Well, I, I had in my notes like, oh, it seems like they uh, had to go meet Guru Patik to give them the connection to find <laughs> each other. Like that's the only logical explanation because like they they find each other randomly. Like it must have been the guru just like rolled up uh, and was like, "Hey, just so you know, Aang's over here." Like that's the only logical explanation. Yeah, I guess so. I guess the guru just rolled on in, and then so Aang takes his glider and burns it. And I just want to say, while he's doing this, I'm fairly certain he was stepping on a crevice with magma in it. Yes, yes, he was, Zach. So how does Ang like have not like a bird feet in this moment? That's all I was thinking about. I know we get like this nice touching moment. Katara, Toph, and Sokka and Momo run up on Ang and give him a hug as he wakes up. And yeah, he takes his glider and decides to burn it. But yeah, he was stepping on magma here. I'm surprised his feet aren't burnt a bit. Just straight up stepping on magma. Like I've walked across like hot coals before because uh, like I wanted to see if I could do it. Didn't hurt that bad. Uh, okay. I got like a few oh. blisters. He steps on actual lava like your foot would be gone um i had that exact thing in my notes i was like how did this man walk across lava with zero hesitation i guess this is the one goof by the animators they like had ang stepping on a rock that had magma in it but they, yeah. they were impeccable throughout the rest of the episode so can't give That's him true. too much fault well yeah we can make fun of him a bit but uh, <laughs> i'm glad that i'm glad you mentioned it because i had the exact thing where i was like no 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 you cannot step on you can't step on lava that's too much um oh yeah it's actually in the goofs on the wiki uh when ang plunges his staff into the side of the volcano he's standing on hot rock and his feet should have been burned <laughs> there Perfect. we go so it's actual yes, legit goof. It, should, it should have been um, and that's it for the episode season three episode one the awakening that's all for us that's oh, uh yeah that's the episode what are your thoughts jacob it's fine. Uh, the the professor wrote in, uh, and I think he like sums up my thoughts pretty well, so I'll, I'll read those. He said, It's a premiere episode, and because of that, it has to do a lot of table setting. 
sometimes table setting episodes feel boring and weir- wearisome, but I think this one did a really compelling job. Uh, like, yeah, I, it's a lot of table setting, a lot of table clearing from the season before. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I think the the professor ends up being a bit uh, higher on it than I am. Um, but like, I ultimately, it's it's a fine episode. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, I think it's kind of a mute, boring episode, but it does have high highs. I think like that transition I talked about from Aang to Zuko, the whole scene with Katara and Hakoda, the mm-hmm. Azula and Zuko scene at the end, closer to the end of the episode where she's like laying out her whole plans, like a classic antagonist. I thought were high highs and just kind of the rest of the episode eh, is kind of boring. But overall, should we dive into our ranking? Cause I'm ready to rate it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's rank it. The, the listeners, uh, rated this a 3.5. Three six, um, not a super high episode, uh, but we've had some great ones before. Uh, I'm giving this a three point one. I ultimately can't give it a B. I think that it it is like it's passing, but it's not like it's not excelling. I have uh, the exact same score, three point one. Zach, we are just so insane. We are simpatico. I love that. Uh, so that will. Uh, make the score. Uh oh, my calculator did not work. Well, should I do some plugs while we do it? You can write uh, in I'm Avatar. Oh, okay. Sorry. There you go. No, yeah. <laughs> 3.19. 3.19. There we go. Sorry, my bad. I thought the calculator was taking a little longer. I don't know. I'm 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 quick on the calculator apparently. Okay. Uh, there we but go. yes, please do write in uh, and give us your rankings. Every week we'll take the listeners' rankings. So if you do want to give us rankings for the episode, definitely write in and uh, you can get added to the listener rankings. Also, uh, write in with feedback. Yeah. Um, yep. And then we got a T quartet this week. Am I right? Oh, are we not doing the, the battle? Do we decide? Okay, I guess doing we'll, it? Do, we'll do No, we'll do the We battle. at least have to say whether we're doing it or not. Also, it is so <laughs> dark in my house. Yeah, it got dark real quick. Okay. Okay, we'll do the battle of the battle ranking. So, as always, you guys can write in your scores. You guys know that. And uh, I'll start this battle. I'm going to give a 1.5 out of 4, I think. It's not that good. It's like the least memorable battle I've watched, I feel like. I don't remember a single thing for this. I didn't even remember the Sea Serpent comes back, to be honest. So, yeah, it shows you how little attention I was paying to in Season 3. I, I think that this might be a moment that I'll end up regretting uh, because I'm going to only give this a one. Uh, but I think this will be like my Bato of the Water Tribe. We're looking back. I wish I gave it a zero. <laughs> um, yeah. I, like out of four, it is, it's just bad. It's just like, it's not compelling. It is definitely the worst fight that we've had of the series. So I'll yep. give it a one. It'll be at a 1.25. Uh, and there you go. That is our battle of the battle rankings. Um, yep. We have uh, like a little bit of listener feedback. Oh, let's dive into it. So, well, Sarah wrote that the Zuko storyline is so tense. I love that there's a struggle with both Aang and Zuko struggling to accept how the world views them versus how they see themselves. I thought that this was good because we've talked about the Zuko and Aang storyline quite a bit. Uh, like showing, you know, the differences between like uh, those two characters and how they're constantly being juxtaposed. And I thought this was like a really nice uh, way to like bring that comparison to the forefront. Zach, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I too, I really enjoyed the parallels between Zuko and Aang this episode. I thought the writers did a decent job. Yep. 
Uh, and then we had John write in with a few questions. Uh, John wrote, should they have taken another form of transportation over a Fire Nation ship? Uh, maybe a blimp or maybe a hot air balloon. Uh, Zach, did they pick the right form of transportation? Yeah. How would they fit everybody on a hot air balloon? I don't think they could. Um, a blimp, maybe, because I don't know how aircraft control was like back in their day. <laughs> so a blimp maybe would be easier to disguise, but they have oppa, so I don't know. Yeah, th- you're definitely running into less people if you're on the blimp. Uh, there's not many like things in the air. Yeah, the hot air balloon wouldn't work. I guess they could have gotten a few hot air balloons, but then that's probably not as easy. Uh, but I, but I do like the like in the canon like they rolled up somewhere they had like six options and they get to pick which one they want uh they're like hmm do we want the blimp the air balloon mm, we'll take the boat we'll, we'll go ahead with uh, the boat we'll add that to the head can our head cannon exactly and what else is in the head cannon the only thing that sticks with me is the the pocket fish which could have been the useful to get fish. the it could have been useful to get the serpent on their side true chuck the pocket fish on the opposing ship hope the serpent goes and tries to eat it Right? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Anyway, all right, there you go. That's our listener feedback. Uh, always write in avatar at postshowrecaps.com. Uh, we do love when people write in. It makes it a ton of fun um, to podcast. Anyway, we have a T-Quartet. Zach, you want to let the people know what we're going to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> let me know if I got it right. So we got a ketchup, mustard, barbecue sauce and what's the last one uh it can be anything mayonnaise i think is it was mayonnaise mayonnaise yeah all All right right. i'll i'll start here i think ketchup is gonna be the waterbender i think ketchup's the most versatile you could put it on almost anything i think ketchup is like the water like water bending i think ketchup is the waterbender here do you agree I completely agree with you. ketchup is like it is change it is versatile you are completely correct Straight facts. Uh, okay. Is there another obvious one to you? I think barbecue sauce out of these four is the firebender. I feel like with the flavor, it's going to hit you in the mouth. You're going to feel it. You're going to taste it. You know what I mean? So I think barbecue is the firebender. What do you think? I, I agree. It's also, that's beautiful because, you know, fire and uh, water are opposites. And barbecue sauce is essentially just ketchup with spice. Like, this is great. <laughs> like, we, we're, we're getting synergies left and right here. Uh, all right. The last two I think are, are a little bit hard. I agree. Uh, I'm going to give mayonnaise to earth. Uh, I believe, I believe that it is more earth. Um, if I had to say the reason why is because like mustard is just not earth. Mustard is like, it's like weird. It sticks out a bit too much. It's not like the stable thing that you go to. Mayonnaise is used in so many other recipes that I feel like it is the like stable uh, ingredient if we are going to be picking any of those. So I'm going to go mayonnaise earth. Uh, Any objections? No, no objections at all. I mean, mustard is air is kind of, I mean, this whole exercise is kind of a stretch, but mustard (laughs) mustard doesn't necessarily, is not a one for one to air, but I think the other three, we actually were able to pull out good reasons for this shocking. (laughs) So yeah, there we go. It worked out. I mean, yeah, it worked out. Yeah. We had zero prep. Yeah. We, I came up with this like one minute before we hit record, but I think this worked (laughs) out perfectly. I agree. Oh, we didn't even say what the T quartet was. Uh, I said like, I said what it was. I said uh, it was ketchup. Uh, oh no! So sorry, I'm saying like what we do in the segment. Like we just went oh, right into it. We just went right into we it. We haven't yes. been doing this for like 
for like months. Like people could have forgotten, and they're just like, "What the hell are hell these are people they talking on? about?" Okay, so the well, we'll explain it, I guess. Now, so the T Quartet, <laughs> we sort four random things into bending slots. So that's yeah. what we did. This we, ha- we previously we were taking like actual like uh, groups of four characters, but you know what? Uh, I think it's fun if we do random things. My favorite one that we did was the four ghosts. I thought that at the in the moment I was like this is horrible podcasting, and then as uh, right after I listened to it, I was like ah, that was actually pretty good. That was a lot of fun, <laughs> yeah. right? I think yeah. if we're having fun, that's uh, that's what matters here. But anyway, if you have any other uh, T Quartet ideas, please do let us know. I know that we have not done Golden Girls, uh, but when uh, yeah, we we will eventually do Golden Girls. I know that we like will. One- we'll- that's one we actually should do that's a real group. But if you have any silly ideas, we will take those too. And yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for us this week on Hang In There. Anything else we should touch on, Jacob? Uh, no. No, I think that's all we got. Uh, Zach, where can people keep up with what you're doing? People can find me on Twitter at ZachMohammed32. And where can they find you, Jacob? People can find me at JK Redman. And you can also listen to the Brazilian Dragon Pod where I talk about Scooby-Doo with Felipe. Nice. Yeah, definitely give that a listen. You guys have a lot of fun on that podcast. Pretty hilarious. The stuff you get into, like the fact that you're a time traveling Akiva and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, that, that is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, Zach, one day uh, you'll come on and talk some Scooby Doo with us. So that's yeah, I'd be uh, down. Very fun. All right, cool. Yeah, that's all we have for you this week. Next week, we'll be back talking the headband with uh, Davis, comma, Will. Yeah, that's what we'll be doing. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that episode. That episode's yeah. a lot of fun. We get the Wang fire jokes and stuff. A lot more lighthearted than the episode we watched today. Yeah, that is a very funny episode. Uh, yeah. Like lots of lots and lots of jokes. Uh, also, it means that we get to complete the trifecta of all of the hosts of uh, the Phineas and Ferb What You Doing pod. True. I didn't even so. think of that. You're absolutely right. There you go. Um, yep. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. Uh, until next time, see ya. Peace out.